Okay, folks, here's the deal. I know me saying this is going to be a jammed podcast has kind of become a cliche that I just say on every podcast now, but this one truly is. The Oakland Raiders decide to trade Khalil Mack. Was it the right decision? Plus, defensive players are getting paid. Doug Peterson goes on a media tirade. Odell Beckham Jr., a leader, and it is football week, opening week. I go through my predictions of every single AFC division before tomorrow's NFC predictions. It's all that on a podcast that starts right about now. On in Sports Nick's Podcast, Monday's edition. I'm your host, Nick Friend. A Jan podcast. It's NFL week, which means we have a ton of NFL talk at the end of this podcast, throughout the podcast. It's all NFL today, but my AFC predictions before tomorrow's NFC predictions, every single division, every single spot with reasoning. But first, three minutes on the clock for Khalil Mack, the monstrous trade that sends him from the Raiders out of town. Get out of town, which, listen, first and foremost, this is absolutely not the right decision, but every time I think of that, I just can't help but have a flashback. I keep on having this flashback in my head to what I said when John Gruden was first hired. John Gruden, what is he? He's Pete Carroll, bad with personnel and a rah-rah personality. Hmm. That's what I said at the time. That is what I said at the time in January. And it's now coming to fruition. This was so damn predictable. It was so damn predictable. First and foremost, this decision in particularly, absolutely a mistake. No doubt about it. A terrible mistake. Guys like Khalil Mack do not go on trees. And to send him to Chicago for two first-round picks in return, and I know some defenders of this move, it's like, well, Nick, it's two first-round picks in return. They got a good return. A, that's assuming they hit on the two first-round picks, which history shows, chances show, they'll be lucky to hit on one, and they'll be extremely crazy lucky to to hit on one that's anywhere close to max ability, first of all. And second of all, they sent a second-round pick out as part of this trade to Chicago. If you are trading Khalil Mack... To Chicago, you should not have to give up a second-round pick to get two first-rounders. Shouldn't happen. But according to John Gruden, he didn't even know they were giving up the second-round pick, which apparently is supposed to make us feel better. That makes me feel worse. I'm like, you had no idea what was going on in this trading process, which makes me feel worse for a guy, if I'm the Oakland Raiders, that I just paid a 10-year contract worth $100 million to. He stinks at this. He stinks at the personnel game plan. He wants to get rid of all the young guys, all the millennial genes, quote unquote, and bring in a whole bunch of people who used to be good five years ago, who are in their 30s, which is why the Raiders now have the oldest roster in the NFL and it's really not even close. And I would like to have sympathy. I would like to have sympathy for Oakland Raiders fans, but here's to about to be Las Vegas Raiders fans. Here's the reality. When you 
hire a guy who hasn't won a playoff game since the year American Idol was invented? I'm sorry. I don't have much sympathy for you. What did you expect? And oh yeah, by the way, it gets better because this isn't even his worst move within the past week. Within the past week, there's a move that's bordering on worse than this. At least this you can say, well, he got a return. Maybe him and Mac didn't get along. You can at least try and attempt to reason this. Somebody's going to have to try and explain to me why this guy decided when he had two other quarterbacks outside of Derek Carr on the roster named EJ Manuel and Connor Cook, who both had very good preseasons, he then decided to cut both of them and trade a fifth-round pick out of town to the Bills for A.J. McCarron. A guy who just lost his starting job in Buffalo to Nate Peterman. The same guy who threw five interceptions and a half last year. And my message to the Raiders organization is maybe you should have known this would have been a problem when John Gruden said this in March. Are you talking about the analytics, the GPS, all the modern technology? Man, I'm trying to throw the game back to 1998. I still think doing things the old-fashioned way uh, is a good way, and uh, we're going to try to lean, lean the needle that way a little bit. Like, I'm sorry, but you got what you asked for, Raiders. You got what you asked for and what you signed up for. 60 seconds on the clock, Aaron Darnold, Khalil Mack, they are getting paid. They are getting paid big time. First and foremost, I, I find this interesting like dichotomy going on inside my head and inside, inside the NFL where it's like, okay, defensive players are finally getting the respect that they deserve and getting paid the money they deserve. But isn't this a little bit of a weird timing? Like this is at a time where arguably, like I don't know the last time defense has been as meaningless as it has now. And I know the cliche defense was champions, blah, blah, blah. Still true. But that doesn't mean you should be paying guys this kind of money. Like, you could have made this argument much more effectively, like, 15 to 20 years ago to pay a defensive player this kind of money. But still, it makes sense because this is just a result of the NFL salary cap getting closer to $200 million. It's why these guys are now the ninth and 11th highest paid overall players in the league in average salary, higher than guys like Russell Wilson. And it's why it's going to continue to happen for the next couple of years as the salary cap rises. Now, there is going to be a market correction. We're seeing it in the NBA, where a couple years ago they had a monster of free agency because the salary kept on rising, and now this free agency was quieter because it's a market correction. So eventually that's going to come, but I don't see it happening too, too soon. Two minutes on the clock, and we are just three and a half minutes away from my AFC predictions every single division but now two and a half minutes on the clock Doug Peterson he's been trying to make his week one quarterback starter Nick Foles Carson Wentz who is it a secret for Thursday's night's game against the Atlanta Falcons and Rappaport of the NFL Network then leaked and reported that it will be Nick Foles and well Doug Peterson wasn't too happy when he spoke to the media the day after first of all I appreciate y'all putting words in my mouth this week and uh, therefore I'm not going to discuss it how, how it worth putting your mouth? You saw the reports. Next question. Next question. Next question. I'm not answering the question. I mean, you said, you say, you say, you As a group. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Right. I'm going to lump you all together. Exactly. What is the point of this? It's my decision. No, so not public, not public. 
All right, so I know kind of the audio sucks in terms of the reporter's perspective, but essentially they were asking repeatedly who in here in this room ratted you out? And the answer is nobody because Ann Rappaport wasn't there. To me, this is just odd. I hope he's trying to maybe motivate his team in some kind of way by doing this because this doesn't. And in fact, I know it's not the Doug Peterson you and I know and how he handles the media usually, which is why the media in that room kind of had the reaction they did. Like, what the heck is going on? And like, I I just don't get it. I, I don't get what he was doing here. But I'll also say this, and I think it's important that we recognize this. This really doesn't mean much. If this was a one-off thing, it really doesn't mean much. The media is going to try and possibly make it a thing because they're offended and they got their feelings hurt. But this this really doesn't mean much in terms of what's actually going to happen on the field. And yes, it makes sense at this point that it's probably Nick Foles who will start. Because, I mean, by the way, in case you don't know, Carson Wentz hasn't even been cleared. So there's that. 60 seconds on the clock and then my AFC divisional predictions. The New York Giants. John Mara, the New York Giants co-owner, saying that he expects Odell Beckham to be a leader this season after he just got that monster of contract. Listen, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, A, thank you. B, if you haven't, don't blame you. Uh, (laughs) I have said many things about Odell Beckham Jr. I have questioned many parts of Odell Beckham Jr. and his game. The one thing that cannot be questioned about Odell Beckham Jr. is whether or not he's a leader. Because this guy, without a doubt, good or positive, is a leader and, in fact, the leader of the New York Giants. Like, it was made clear last season. When he goes up and when his attitude's great, the team's attitude follows. When he goes down and, therefore, the team attitude goes down, Everything goes bad. That has been shown. There's been examples of that. So you can question plenty of things about Odell Beckham Jr. I have and I will. But that, to me, John Mara, I don't don't think you have to worry there. Okay, here we go. The moment most of you probably tuned in for here. My AFC divisional predictions. Every single division, every single spot. Five and a half minutes on the clock. Here we go. And let me start with the AFC East. Number one winning this division, I have it being, well, shocker, the New England Patriots. To me, I know people like to try and convince themselves into otherwise. Some people do every single year, but like, just stop it. Stop it. It's not debatable. It hasn't been debatable for a while. With the Patriots, to me, I like their quarterback position. Obviously, how can you not? I like what they've done at the running back position. I really like their front seven. Trey Flowers is going to become a household name this year. But I do have concerns, and more concerns than I usually do about the Patriots. I'm mildly concerned about their secondary. Jason McCourty is their third cornerback, and Jonathan Jones is their second quarter cornerback. Does not give me a lot of faith in that, and I think their whole line could be shaky. But outside of that, my major, major concern if I'm a Patriots fan is outside of Gronk and Edelman, this team sucks in terms of targets Tom Brady has to throw to. And now I know you could argue, well, Nick, that's every year. It is every year, but not to this extreme. Outside of Gronk and Edelman, you have Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, who couldn't catch a ball last year in their offense when he got there, and Cordell Patterson. Good luck. But they will still win the division. Number two, I have the New York Jets. I like what they did last year. I liked a lot of what I saw last year, and I like what they did this offseason. Most specifically, 
I think their defense is going to be good. I think it's going to be real good. I love their front seven. Their linebacker position is deep, spearheaded by Darren Lee. Their secondary was good already. They added Tremaine Johnson to that group. Their offense looks good overall. Terrell Pryor and Isaiah Crowell are going to be nice offseason additions that should contribute to this team a lot. And I like it. I like it. In case you haven't heard me use that word five times already in this short segment. But here's the thing. This all relies on Sam Darnold. And as I said, I think they're making a mistake by starting him this early in the season. But at the same time, I do have faith in Sam Darnold. I do have faith in the rest of their team. And I think they will finish seconds ahead of the two pathetically terrible teams at the bottom of this division. I was like, who do I put third? Who Who do I put fourth? It's like, who sucks more? And I think the Miami Dolphins suck slightly less than the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to pick Ryan Tannehill in that quarterback situation over what the Buffalo Bills in their quarterback situation is. So that's why they're third. I think they have decent offensive weapons. They have the they have Drake at the running back position. They have Kenyon still. They have Devontae Parker. They have some young blood in there. I like that. Outside of that, though, I mean, I they have Adam Gase as their coach, who I think is an absolute pinhead, and that's putting it nicely. And their defense, I just, I don't have a whole lot of faith in. Up front, outside of Robert Quinn, I don't have much faith in. Their secondary, like Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain, and I was supposed to be, like, optimistic about that. No, thank you. So I think they finished third ahead of the pathetically awful Buffalo Bills. Nate Peterman is starting. Do I need to say any more? The guy who threw five interceptions and a half last year. With Josh Allen not looking so hot in preseason. Their offensive weapons stink outside of McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin. Their offensive line is shaky at best. Their defense out of their secondary, which is good. I'm going to give respect to Micah Hyde and to Davis White, is also terrible. So they finished last in the division. AFC North. This, to me, is one of the more interesting divisions and possibly the one that I have the most surprises in. Winning the division, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I have been down on the Pittsburgh Steelers for as long as Mike Tomlin has been head coach, and that's just the fact. To me, the Ravens are possibly the biggest swing team of this NFL season, and what I mean by that is I think they truly could finish third or fourth in this division, or I think they could win the division like I am predicting them to do so and go on a deep postseason run. Ironically, I'm most concerned about their quarterback position, which usually isn't a great thing, obviously, to be concerned about in the NFL. I, I, I like I don't know if Joe Flacco or when Joe Flacco is just going to fall off the cliff even more than he did last season. And I like what I've seen from Robert Griffin, but how can you have a lot of faith in his comeback? But outside of that, they have a lot of new faces on the offense and a lot of good new faces. Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. They're two new tight end draft picks, but they used high draft picks on a first and a third and Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Their offensive offensive line has to be better. I think it will. And possibly one of the most underrated parts of this team is they have one of, if not the best linebacker groups in the NFL. Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, and lured the name Matt Judon is very quickly going to become one of the best pass rushing in overall linebackers in the NFL. They win the division based on all of that. Number two, still finishing second, possible wildcard team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's why they're two. Big Ben, don't love what I've seen from the past couple years. And he's a diva. No Le'Veon Bell. Remind you, he's still holding out as of now. And their coach is an absolute a-hole and pinhead, Mike Tomlin, who doesn't know how to get a team past the first round of the playoffs. I like their D. Their defense has potential, but that's all we use with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That word is potential. That's why they finished second, not first this year. Coming in third in this division is 
the Cleveland Browns, that's right, they don't finish last. This is, to me, more about the Bengals and why they're finishing fourth than the Browns finishing third. But, and I will say this also, I think some people are getting a little too high in the Cleveland Browns too early, but they do have some nice things going for them. They have Tyrod Taylor, which is an upgrade certainly over their previous quarterback position. He'll win them some games or, more importantly, not lose them games. Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb at the running back position is something I more than like. Jarvis Landry is obviously always a good addition. Their defense has potential. A lot of new faces. The reason I think people should calm down is I'm not sure Hugh Jackson has the potential to put it all together, but we are certainly going to find out. And finishing last in this division is the Cincinnati Bengals. The quarterback stinks. AJ, uh, AJ Dalton. Andy Dalton, nothing on the offensive side outside of AJ Green. Their coach should have been gone five years ago, and their defense outside of the addition of Preston Brown has nothing to rave about. AFC South, winning this division, another interesting division actually, is the Houston Texans. I am high on Deshaun, on Deshaun Watson. Love the kid. Bill O'Brien, I am going to very hesitantly say I like, I like a lot. <laughs> okay. DeAndre Hopkins, him at that wide, wide receiver position, he is a beast. And they do, do certainly have some question marks. Three out of their five offensive linemen coming in who are going to be starters are free agent signings. How does that chemistry work? I think their defense will be good, will be okay to good, depending on how their secondary operates. Six new secondary players that were drafted or signed. A lot of question marks, but I think in a very question mark division, they come in first. Second, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why not first? Four words for you. Blake Borderless and Doug Maroon. Okay, <laughs> that simple. Everything else on their roster checks off, but when I don't have faith in the quarterback and the coach, I can't have you winning the division. They come in second. Number three, the Indianapolis Colts. No idea how Andrew Luck's going to be, and guess what? It's a year later. They still have no idea how to surround him with anything. I hope for his sake that the first and second round pick they used on the offensive line shape out. Otherwise, they could finish last yet again. And finishing last is the Tennessee Titans. Not enough faith in Marcus Mariota. Think hiring Mike Vrabel as their head coach, which just sounds weird, is a mistake. Outside of that, I don't like much. I like their running back core, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. I like that duo. Their defense has potential with Malcolm Butler being an addition and some high draft picks. But again, when I don't have faith in your quarterback and coach, I can't put you too high. And lastly, I'm way over time here, but this is just too much fun. My final AFC divisional prediction is the AFC West with... The Kansas City Chiefs winning this division. I know, I usually do not have faith at all in the Kansas City Chiefs, but call me crazy, I like what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes, and I think he has the other talent around him to kind of hide his potential weaknesses at this point between Kareem Hunt, Tariq Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and a decent defense. Chris Jones, Justin Houston, Anthony Hitchens, who's now there, a free agent ad for them in the offseason. Their secondary, Eric Berry, Kendall Fuller, cornerback ad in free agency. I like what they have going on in a relatively weak division. I think they win it over the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost went there. I almost finally went there with the Los Angeles Chargers, but I couldn't pull the trigger. Injuries. It's been the story for the last decade, practically, with the Chargers. Hunter Henry, their tight end draft pick, already has been out with an injury. When you have Phillip Rivers, who's getting older and older, I can't feel too good about that. 
Their defense certainly has talent in Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward, which I think is part of the reason why they finished second, along with Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen being that awesome offensive duo. Say that 10 times fast. But, again, injuries. They've already lost Jason Verrett, the cornerback, due to an ACL in July on the defensive side. So that's why I can't pick them to win the division. Coming in third quickly here, the Denver Broncos. To me, this is more about the team they're finishing ahead than actually about them. This team screams 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. And, well, what screams 8-8 eight and eight and 7-9 and nine more than Case Keenum? And uh, Thomas and Sanders, the wide receiver duo they have there, would have been good like three years ago. I don't have faith in them anymore. Their defense is average outside of Von Miller, who I won't disrespect. And, um, well, the Oakland Raiders finished fourth. Do I need to say anything else after my beginning rant? Don't have faith in John Gruden. Period. End of story. And that is period. End of story on my AFC divisional predictions. Phew, somebody get me an oxygen tank. That was a lot. Um, NFC predictions will come tomorrow. Again, do the same thing. Divisional predictions Wednesday. So that's Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, I will be back with my full postseason predictions every single round, including Super Bowl including my MVP pick. That's been a long podcast. It's been a fun podcast. Sports Nation Show released earlier today with much different NFL talk and Sports Nation Show and podcast again tomorrow. Catch you then.